If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yo, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. And we are here to run it back. No football, but we're talking the draft. And we're talking so much more. Season four, episode one. We're here for another year, baby. And it's going to be consistent. Many reasons to be excited. But first, as always, just as we did the last three seasons to get us started, Pinnacle Supplementation, our main main sponsor. You know, we're back at it again. It's four seasons strong, baby. Make sure you reach your Pinnacle. Check out PinnacleSup.com for all of your fitness and wellness needs. Also, check out G for 3 on YouTube. Follow our man, Grant Anderson, and his OBL experience. He is that pickup court globe trotter, that secret sauce shooter, the smucker smack talker. You know what it is, but man, Mickey, can you believe we're, we're here again, man? We're going we're gonna to do it again. We're going to run it back, and it's going to be better than ever. Talk to me, Mickey Hines. What's up? We are back. Let's go. We are back on the podcast. Just like you said, we're, we, we've missed a lot. We list, uh, missed a lot of crucial things that's been happening in sports, but all that's better is that we get to talk about it here on the podcast, on Spotify Podcast. Go check it out. Once uh, once upon a time, it was Anchor, but now it's Spotify Podcasters. We ended the season strong, but we're going to come back even stronger with consistency is key, where ourselves will be consistent. Hopefully you all in your life are being consistent and trying to strive for your absolute best. Now, Mr. Zizzy, as you can see, I'm at a different location. This is actually where we recorded the Cheyenne Mean really? interview really? because I'm in the process of a move. But the next Iowa studio, about to be real. Awesome. Hey, saying, I got a good feeling saying, about it. I'm, I'm hoping that we got, I'm hoping for the same upgrades that we've been talking about. But I mean, it's coming. It is coming. All I know is. You can, I mean, I, I was ready, getting ready to thank the thank the fans, you know, like all these views, everything else. They must have had you moving up, man, moving on up in the cast. You know, the, the big pay grade here is by our <laughs> big sponsor said, you know what, those those views, let's bump it up. So, uh, yeah, we can say that. <laughs> yeah, no, looking good, baby. I can't wait to see everything when it's all done and going, but we'll talk about that more in the future. As always, though, we're going to start every Mickey Zizzy podcast episode with the person of the week. And this is a special one, you know, it's first one of the season. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong unless you go with more than one person, which you're known for doing. So we'll see what happens. What you got, Mickey? Yeah, I'm breaking the rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, on a quick note to the people, I know I'm breaking the rule. First episode, you know what it is. Uh, breaking it, but it's going out to the Williamsburg track and field athletes. The oh, of course. Okay. Coach. Uh, absolutely amazing. Qualified 12 events. Uh, District Trance, let me hear you. Uh, absolutely amazing atmosphere there in Monticello. But we did qualify those events. Super excited for the state meet next week. And uh, track and field so much fun. And it's fun when dudes just go out and get after it. So shout out those athletes. Uh, love seeing people really go reach their pinnacle. Hey, I'm just saying, guys, we're talking about the come up. I mean, he's in a new he's in a new place, right? He's got the upgraded house. The man's a district champion. He's going to be a dad. This guy's living, man. This guy is killing it. But no, for real. Um, Shout out to District Champs, man. Shout out to all of the Williamsburg track and field team. I mean, I absolutely love it, man. Got to gotta love it for you. Got to love it for them. Um, I'm sure being a part of it is a whole different feeling. But uh, just absolute nothing but happiness and just excitement for the fact that you're able to be a part of that. And just for the kids as well. I mean, that's always exciting, man. You strive. You Set out goals. We're talking consistency, build, building good habits. Got to set out those goals, and uh, you guys are out there achieving them, moving on to bigger and better things, I believe now, right? Hey, yep, we're going to see how we do. Yes, sir, absolutely. Um, I'm going to follow that up with our good friend and former teammate, former colleague, Coulter McMenamin is the person of the week this week. Uh, the newfound father. I mean, it's a lot. Are we just getting old? We we're joining old. the club. Coulter is a now bit. inaugurated into the dad club. I'm, I'm yeah, coming. Right? I, I, I filled feet. out the paperwork. <laughs> so welcome to dadhood. Um, super exciting. He put it up, put us all in a group chat, and was it everyone was able to catch up and see all that. It was just beautiful, beautiful kid, um, baby boy, Russ and Dave McMenamin. Cool ass name. I'm sorry, but that's like that kid is gonna be a stud from the moment he knows what's going on. I'm just, I'm just saying. The same, 
But no, shout out Coulter. Um, nothing, nothing but love for you, bud. I'm happy to see you doing well. Hey, shout out Coulter. Yes, I know he's down there in Colorado crushing it and super happy for him and his small family. Uh, personally, it goes out to all those people. Uh, absolutely amazing consistency. It's key. Keep crushing it, y'all. Keep crushing it. Just like G for three does. All right, all right. But now let's move on to our next segment. That is the NFL draft. Now, it was great. I loved it. Kansas City, great host. I wish I was there front row like crazy because it is free, I'm pretty sure. But Bryce Young, first-round draft pick, Carolina Panthers. I think we all saw this, and you can't go wrong. Like we said, you really can't go wrong with the first person in the person of the week. But like Bryce Young, national titles, right? Tons and tons of wins, was on the, one of the best teams in college. You know what I'm saying? You really can't go wrong. I personally thought C.J. Stroud was the better quarterback in this draft. But, I mean, tomato, tomato. I, I like the pick. What about you? I mean – to me, we could talk about the stats. We could talk about the fact that he's a Heisman winner. We could talk about the championships. We could talk about him playing for Alabama and being the best quarterback ever. This is the first quarterback to ever be selected number one out of Alabama. Now, we know what kind of success Alabama has had. Um, that that says a lot to me. Um, I mean, we Tua was the highest before that at number five. And, I mean, let's be honest, it's not the same type of career when you look back on it because it is absolutely unblemished, if you ask me, when it comes to Bryce Young. The big thing is he has that if factor. I know people are going to question the size. People are going to be worried about that. We've seen other small quarterbacks be injured and have issues down the road. I do fear for that. I have to be honest, it's not like the Panthers have the greatest offensive line. I mean, they had Christian McCaffrey and couldn't cut him loose for half a season. So that does worry me. But they've done the right things to try and patch that up. To me, Bryce Young has that it factor. He's a born winner. People compare him to, like, Steph Curry in the NBA. Like, he's the Steph of football. Like, he's got that leadership. He puts puts passes on our dime, puts other people in the positions to make plays. I believe all that. So I think it was the right pick, number one. And honestly, uh, I think it's weird. Maybe, maybe it's weird. I don't think it's weird. But, like, maybe other people think it's weird. When you're watching the draft, like, post – like, get, after getting selected, you know, they all get interviewed. All of them get interviewed, especially the first, I, w- I would say, what, 10, 15 picks yeah. or so. Um, they all get interviewed. They all are asked pretty similar questions in a way or something like that. And I definitely judge their interview. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. He's got that factor. That's that's the guy. That's the guy. So I, even when he's talking in the interview, I'm just like, that's that's the one. He's the one. That's fine right there. But then when, like, C.J. Stroud's interview, I don't know. Just didn't strike me right. Didn't strike me right. So we're going to get into that. He's the number two pick. I'm a little worried about that. I don't know why. We are five minutes into the season four, episode one, and you're out of here with this outlandish. The interview, he did not talk right in his interview right after he got drafted. What he's been working for. It's a confidence thing. It's a confidence thing. Whatever. First off, Bryce Young. Like Zach Wilson, like looking around, like all worried. Yeah. He's going to struggle because, yes, they went and got Adam Thielen. Yes, he's a veteran. And then they also got Jonathan Mingo from Mississippi, who I don't think was the best receiver at the time. I think they still had the Tennessee receivers uh, available at that pick uh, in the second round. Um, But, like, Mingo still has to get into it. Like, is he going to be the number one? I don't think so. So his weapons aren't going to be there for Carolina. They don't have uh, Christian McCaffrey as their running back. So there's a lot of pressure on this Panthers team. But as I'm saying that, they almost made the playoffs, right? That defense is still going to be solid. The defense will bail him out. But at the end, all be all, like the weapons, the team, the division, yeah, it's kind of up in the air in the NFC South. But I don't Who think he's going to be the number one receiver. Now, what? Who is their number one receiver? Beats me. You can look it up. But Adam Thielen, <laughs> last of I checks. I know they went and signed him. But the thing about it is, it's going to be developmental. It's going to be the Trevor Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, three years down the road, we're going to we're gonna win the NFC South, right? These next two years, though, it's safe. Like I said, it's safe. They may go get another big guy, big receiver, offensive line running back. So that's mine. I'm not going to be judging people based off their interview right after they just got picked in their dreams or finally answered like they met it. You know what I'm saying? But It's not even just that, man. It's bad. It's like. Like for some reason, I'm like, okay, I've seen them play. I've seen them play game after game. 
I've loved that, like all of them, but that, like even the walk up to the stage, I'm just like, you don't got it. You don't got it in you. You don't got that dog in you. Zizzy's out here um, trying to become an NFL scout. Like, hey, hey. Not, remember that one cat that walked up to the stage that as much? I told you who's going to be a bust. Just how I shook his hand, and I, I get it. There's a ton of scouts that actually think that stuff. So we might just get you a job being an NFL scout. <laughs> hey, well, all I'm saying is you do have a point about the receivers. Okay, I will say that. I mean, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca Chanel, and – Mango. I mean, those are your four receivers. I mean, it's not, it's a, it's an athletic group, but to me, there's just nothing that pops out and says dominant, super big help to a number, number one overall pick, but we'll see, like you said, they were close to a playoffs a year ago. So never know. Now let's move on. We're going to kind of go down the draft. You already brought up the name CJ Shroud, who I thought was the best quarterback because he went and beat the best teams. He went and lit up the field against the best teams in college football. And how he plays, his demeanor, how he runs around the field, and how much of an athlete and ball thrower he actually is, is awesome, Yank. But I, mean, Dak, I, won't, deny that. I won't even deny that. He's one. I think they're both the one and one. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Bryce yeah. Young would have went to Houston, either way, they would have won the draft. But Houston making a big trade for Will Anderson, who is the best defender in this draft, maybe Jalen Carter, which we'll get to later. Like, that's safe. Alabama, like he was the number one throughout the entire year. And then you go uh, solidify that off the line with Scruggs from Penn State, a center, right? Big boy, okay, whatever. And then you go get Henry Toto from Alabama, another defender, which I loved later rounds, right? And when I was doing my mock drafts, I was trying to get Chicago to take them. They go get them. And then the biggest deal was Xavier Hutchinson, receiver from Iowa State. Yank, he was projected first round, like late first round, and he falls all the way to the sixth. Everyone was like, did we, they forget about him? Shoot, I'll take him right here, right? So absolutely crazy, right? Um, so I think Houston Texans had one of the best drafts in this year. You know what I'm saying? No, I would agree with that. I mean, I had said that the Texans might have won the draft just by the third pick of the draft. I mean, too, even though I'm over here, like, making the comments about the interviews, there's no denying C.J. Stroud what he did in college. There's no denying his talent. There's no denying his skill set. No denying the teams he beat. I mean, the, the kid is brilliant. I I hope that he is able to replicate that. And if he is, then the Texans got a real one. But then to follow that up and get, again, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the draft, back-to-back picks. Like you said, you go down, you solidify the offensive line. You go out and you get another big-time receiver late who is a projected early pick. But you also have your people from last year. Like, people forget, like, Damian Pierce was a rookie last year. He's going to be their running back running behind these guys. You got that to add to that. Chris Moore. Chris Moore is a very, very good receiver, at least, it, and statistically went over 1,000 yards, I want to say, last season. He's in his early years of his career. They are a young, developing team. They're adding big pieces to the defense. I love that. Watch out. They're going to be a much yeah. tougher out than anybody thinks. The AFC South isn't that strong. Colts, yeah, they went get Anthony Richardson, so they're going to be right up there. The Jag kind of right there. They're all the same team. Young, kind of got some dudes, right? And then, oh, my goodness, who's the last one in that division? Titans, right? Yeah, the Titans. Which, Titans, I think, are the worst in that division. Which is bonkers because I dare Henry, right? But based on the dudes, everyone on the paper – I definitely think Houston. I don't trust. I I haven't trusted their the quarterback play for the Titans for two three seasons. You don't. I haven't. What like what is their trust? Nothing. Um, former Dolphin. I don't have much positive to say about. And you have Derrick Henry, the best running back in the NFL, and you're still only you know getting balanced or not even making the playoffs. So I totally agree with you. Malik Willis isn't the answer. I think they tried it with a stretch. I think he might get a lot more playing time, but we'll go on to that later on. But let's move on to – we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that next quarterback that got picked, the Indianapolis Colts. They go with Anthony Richardson, which I think is a huge steal. Yeah, it's not really uh, what the Colts have gone to in the past. They got their young dude. He's athletic. We talked about Anthony Richardson at the beginning of the college football season and how much we love the dude, Right. For him to fall, I think he's way better than Will Levis. He's athletic. He's a dog. He put up numbers and then fell a little bit. You know, he, he had a rocky season. But, like, the dude can play. 
and he has Jonathan Taylor to bail him out, right? All right, I'm not passing the ball a lot today. Give it off to Jonathan Taylor, right? But now you have a threat. Now you can't just be so aggressive uh, as a defense trying to stop the run. So beautiful, beautiful pick. I loved it if I'm a Colts fan. The Colts typically are one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. I don't know. I would have to check and see how they have been statistically the last few seasons. But, I mean, just general um, like thought about the uh, Colts whole line is that they're big and that they're strong and that they can push. Um, to me, to have Jonathan Taylor as a bailout is big time. To have Michael Pittman as your number one, I mean, that's huge. Alex Pierce is a great slot receiver as yeah. well. Um, I believe they went and got the uh, Dows or Dows, something. Yeah, from, from yeah Dows from North Carolina. That's a big time touchdown receiver, honestly. And he's great down the slot as well. Uh, I mean, I, I love what they're doing there. To me, Anthony Richardson has the potential to be by far the best quarterback they're in They're going to win draft. now. By they're far. The only thing that worries me is obviously like, I mean, I, I felt like he should have stayed one more season in college to develop just a little bit. But at the same time, I mean, there was a lot of drops on that Florida Gator team. There could have been a lot more bigger plays that could have happened. And it wasn't necessarily on him that they didn't. But it was just making certain reads and dealing with pressure here and there. I felt like he could have used one more year. But regardless, he's going to probably get thrust into a starting role. And I mean, athletic ability and like, things that he can do and the plays that I have seen him make this guy could be a hall of famer this this guy is like I'm I'm serious like I think this guy by far like bounds higher potential than anybody else in this draft I'm talking Bryce Young any of them any of them okay hall of famer is a stretch but the best out of this draft class because of the team that he's on right he didn't go to one of the teams that are rebuilding yes the Texans will be nice next year like, if we actually look at the Colts. Their defense struggles. Who? Colts? Texans. Texans. I mean, the Colts do a little bit, too. They dropped a lot of games. And they try to re-solidify that. But, like, the offensive, like, power that the Colts can be is why it's good. I mean, I, I respect that. But just not the Hall of Fame. Like, slow the roll here. You got you are an NFL scout. Hall of Fame worthy. Um, no, I love the pick though. It sounds like you love it as well. Um, the aunt of mine is a fan of the Colts, so I was super excited to tell her all about it. But back to it. Um, honestly, Seattle got Devin Witherspoon. Yes, we're talking about the first ten picks, y'all. Um, and then some uh, other key teams. So that's what we're doing here on the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Um, Witherspoon, they filled it. They have the offense. They have they just want to solidify a little bit on defense. I think it's just the right choice. I mean, everyone saw it coming, so I'm not too, you know, raw raw about it. Anything from you? Which one? Um, Witherspoon. Which one? Sorry about that. No, Witherspoon uh, from Illinois, Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I mean, absolutely fantastic player, great pick. I just I wasn't sure if he needed to go when he did. I mean, but Seattle yeah, traded back. Pick? Yeah, like, I feel like it could have been pushed back a little bit. But, I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of people that are questioning some of those early picks. And, I mean, I honestly think they're going to be amazing. I mean, I could go into that, but I'll wait as we go through. Uh, moving on, then you have the Cardinals. Ah, took my guy, Paris Johnson Jr., uh, the offensive tackle from Ohio State. Dude the dude. And they definitely wanted to solidify protecting Kyler Murray. It's a safe pick. They traded back, still got the dude they were probably going to pick up in the third round. So they won that trade just based on, like, they got more out of it than uh, what they put in. So it's a little Yeah, I mean, I feel like both of those picks, like, right, like Witherspoon, like, either the corner that goes to Seattle. Like, Seattle always got to have some Legion of Boom type of thing going on. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but, but you got that. And then Paris Johnson, yeah, your franchise quarterback just tears their ACL. You're doing everything you can. It's the same thing the Bengals did when Joe Burrow went down. Like, they, they went out and just secured the line. Oh, yeah. So um, Moving on, uh, Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech guy, went to the Raiders opposite side of Max Crosby. I thought this was a beautiful pick because you know in that division everyone's going to be throwing. The offenses are going to be hot. And that's a scary old, like, D-line. I was hoping he would fall to Chicago. I'm like, hey, go pick him up in the first round. Like, go solidify that because we know, everyone knows on this podcast, Bears need some dang defense. But beautiful pick for them. I don't think the Raiders really could have went wrong with what they chose in general. They need a lot of spots to be filled. Um, 
but good pick there. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. They definitely need a lot to be filled. To me, it was hard at that point for anybody, if you're going to go defense, not to take Jalen Carter. I understand that that is what it is, but that's that's just where my mindset had been from the moment we got to around like that pick six, pick seven area. I was like, all right, he's still on the board. Y'all got to start that. I understand there's the questions and people really like question character stuff a lot, but from a talent perspective, oh my goodness. So I was thinking that, but for you to lay out the whole like scheme fit, the other people that they're playing against in that division, I, I feel like, like I understand that a bit better. So, I mean, it makes me feel better about the pick overall. Yeah. Next you got to pick eight. Like I said, y'all were going through the top 10 and then we'll talk about other picks that we were super excited about. Uh, Falcons, B. John Robinson from Texas. I thought it's a good pick. The Falcons need – we talk about the Raiders and everything that found. I just think they need – I just – can someone explain – like, I, I think B. John Robinson is a, like, absolute elite. I think he is that good. Um, do – is it hard to justify running backs in the first round? Probably just because of how long they last. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not first round, but, I mean, like, first – like lottery picks and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but still, no, his talent, the st- like everything with it, I, I like the player. I just don't know if that's what they necessarily need, especially when you got Tyler Algier, who just came off a thousand yard season, like a thousand yard rookie season. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that's very confusing and perplexing to me. You would think they'd give that's him more reins and, and they would go, they would, yeah. Arms. <laughs> I'm just saying, but you would think they would go fill something else. They already have Corderell Patterson and they got Tyler Algier. Yeah, you make uh-huh. a lot of good points. I love those. Like, make a lot of good points, which when you say it, put it that way, it's like, why are you doing it? But you can't go wrong. It wasn't a terrible, but now things get dicey. Chicago is on the clock. And Yank, me, myself, was texting our good friend Zachary Greenwald. And I'm like, dude, it's going to happen. Give us Jalen Carter. We don't care about his offense. I thought it was going to be another draft, another one, back-to-back, where y'all, it fell in your lap. I was like, let's go. Like, I was telling everyone it's going to happen, right? We'll fix it. Eber Flus, Coach Flus will get it fixed. And then we trade. Dang. It goes to the Eagles. The Eagles are the Philadelphia Bulldogs. They have so many Georgia players, which we'll talk about. That's one of the teams I do want to talk about. And then Jalen Carter goes to the Eagles. I think he's going to play with such a chip on his shoulder because he only went ninth and people traded and traded up for him. I think he's going to be a dog, and that defensive line is already good, so offensive lines are going to be tired, and he's going to come in and be like, yeah, here we go. Um, So you really hope he keeps the off the field uh, issues. But that's the only thing, Yank. Yeah, he was in a lawsuit, right? He had to go to court during the NFL combine, right? Crazy stuff. So, I mean, that's obviously a red flag to a lot of these NFL teams. And Philly, don't care. They'll fix them. That dog mentality, I think it's a great fit, sadly. Um, But I think the Bears did what they wanted to do. They said, hey, you want Jalen Carter. We're going to take him here if you don't trade up for it because they were, in all honesty, going to go with Darnell Wright from the beginning um, where they were sitting at. So they got an extra fourth-round pick out of it, which, hey, you got something out of it. So, um Good pick. I do think it was sad. I thought it was going to happen, but we'll talk Bears right after I give you some light. Yeah, I, I mean, I cannot believe that the Eagles have literally taken about a, a solid portion of the best college defense of all time and just supplanted it in the middle of their defense of the NFL. I mean, that's an, abs- that's an absolute amazing power move. I think that is the smartest thing they could have done. Um, absolutely fantastic. And then to couple it with the uh Dino with Dino later on in the first round and get the other linebacker from Georgia yep, no and get two of them. Yeah, like oh my goodness, man. Uh for them to do that. But yeah, absolute power move. Smallest defense it. in history. Eagle said, All right, I'll bite it. Hey, I'm sold. And they go get no Yeah, why wouldn't you though? I love that move for them. They went and traded for like, how, they got DeAndre Smith. Howie, Howie is out there. Yeah. Exactly, and then they go get DeAndre Swift, which Kylie I mean, Ringo a, corner part of that stellar defense. When got him later on, I mean, yeah. they got four to five Georgia dudes because of trades and whatnot, like in free agency. They said, "All right, Georgia, you are the best. Let's go be the best in the NFL." I'm like, "Hey, you, I'd sell it. I'd I'd write it off. Heck yeah, yeah. 
No, absolutely. But um, we were all in that group chat, I'm just saying, talking about what the Bears should have done. And for the Bears to not go get Jalen Carter there, I'm sorry, that hurts. I think that hurts. But let me talk to you. So, Bears fans, we're all the way back. I'm already saying it now. Episode one, NFC North champs. Here we go. The bad man is gone. I I don't care. I did not learn my lesson because it's coming true this year. We'll get to that later you on. You have the Lions in your division. It don't matter. Here's why. Darnell Wright. Awesome. Will Anderson, who went number three, said that was the hardest offensive lineman to get around. Sweet. I'll take that over Paris. Watching him. His demeanor. If you talk about speech, dude, if you talk how he walks up to the stage, Darnell Wright is that dude that should pass the zizzy test of demeanor, right, in interviews and how he talks and how he walks. And then you said, all right, defensive tackle, right? We went and got the Florida guy, Dexter Sr. I looked at his highlights. I like him a lot because we also went and later on got Zach Pickers from South Carolina. And all my mock drafts, I'm like, let this kid fall to us. He'll be our defensive tackle if we don't get Jalen Carter, right? It fell on our lap. That's two defensive tackles go interchangeable there. Two young rookies to go get after and earn their time. Love it. That's going to help out our defense, right? No, I could go on and on because I actually kind of like how the Bears draft. You went and got a corner from Miami, uh, the U. Good, but we already have a good secondary, but injuries and whatnot. A good guy in the slot I really like. Um, and then they also, to kind of solidify that defense, was uh, Noah Saul from Oregon, the linebacker. I really like him. He is going to be a nitty-gritty guy. He's probably going to come you know, off special teams, all this and that. But I think he can make an impact. But we filled spots, Yank, and I'm not upset. We also got the running back from Texas, the backup, uh, Roshan Johnson. He's a speedster, which, hey, we got two speedsters. Still sad to see David Montgomery, Montgomery go. And I'll be all good job on the draft. I'm shipping it. NFC North champs, let's ride. Yeah, I mean, I could, I believe that you guys uh, are going to have an explosive offense. I just haven't seen enough change all that much, I feel like. On the, I don't feel yeah, like it's Edmonds. Edmonds. We went and got the Eagles uh, uh, linebacker. That's one guy. We got two guys. Got the linebacker as well. We went and got oh, the Eagles tackles. We went and got a corner. We okay. saw a little guy. Sanborn had an awesome rookie year last year. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I don't know. I still, I got to see it. I got to see it. Me too. And I'm going to be, hey, but I got to see it. Because I, I mean, and, and to say the division chance, gosh, do I have high hopes for them Lions this year. Well, yeah, good transition. Uh, that is a team I did want to talk about as one of our last teams we're going to talk about in the NFL draft. Yes, that was the next one I was going to bring up anyway. So Thank you for listening to the Mixes podcast. We're going to continue on with this episode, though. Um, the Lions. Should we call them the Detroit Hawkeyes? It's so hard that the Lions went and got Jack Campbell, and then later on uh, they went and got um, – oh, my goodness, why am I drawing a blank? I'm going to oh. – I think they went oh. – who do they go? Why am I drawing a blank? They also got another Iowa Hawkeye. They um, got Jack Campbell. They got Laporta, I want to say. Laporta, yeah. Sam Laporta, the tight end. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Hawk yeah. fans will be mad at me. But they went and got a tight end. They got TJ Hawkson 2.0. Jack Campbell is the linebacker of the year in the NCAA. Like, I hate I had to see him and uh, Aiden Hutchinson twice a year. That's not going to be fun. Um, So it's going to be hard, like, not to root for the Lions because they have the Hawks on there. So that's going to hurt, Yank. That hurts. Like, I have to take my Bears bias all the way. Like, they're a lion now. They're not a hawk. Um, but they crushed the draft. They went and got Gibbs, who... Well, that's what I... And that's, my, they that's traded the biggest Smith. thing. They had, they had a plan, and they stuck to it. Yeah, and I mean, everybody was questioning, like, when they went and drafted Gibbs, or like, why, like DeAndre Smith, they had Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams traded the Saints. DeAndre Smith traded the Eagles. Jameer Gibbs is about to be that guy in Detroit, and I think I'm all here for it. I think it fits the scheme uh, for them to go and get the two Iowa guys. I think that was big time as well. I, I, have, I have pretty high hopes for the both of them as players. And then to follow it up in the third round, you get Hendon Hooker to follow up and kind of like now sit behind Jared Goff and learn with his athleticism. Now you get to pick the brain, learn the offense, sit there for a season or two. Maybe that becomes the future starter with the athleticism he holds. I mean, I really like where the direction they're going. We already know that they've taken steps in the right direction these past couple of seasons. I, I think they're the ones to beat in the division, but it it is 
It is. They got be, the target on the back. Don't lie. Like everyone's gonna predict the Lions. Like they love it. I love that they crossed the draft. And I hate saying that because they're an division rival. They did. I mean, getting Hooker to watch after Jared Goff. He's got two, three years left, and then he's gonna go shine, which he is a little bit older, but it is what it is. And Gibbs, you forgot about David Montgomery. Like he was RB one. They have oh my goodness! Like yeah. he, you're right. They have two. Stars. Right. I mean, we already know about obviously like Amon St. Brown. Like we already know or Amon Ra St. Brown. My bad. Uh, but Amon Ra St. Brown. You got all of them at receiver. You got. I mean, they're explosive on offense. The defense had come together a little bit. You got some good guys at secondary. They did trade away Akuda. So I mean, you got some things still that they could work on. But I mean, overall, I love what they have on paper. One hundred percent, and I mean, I mean, we're not going to go entire. The draft rules would be here all night, y'all. Um, that was the last team I did want to talk about. The Lions, Texans, definitely crushed it. I mean, I do think my Bears did. Your Dolphins, you even said before we started recording, you're like, yeah, free agency. I mean, I mean, we got we got Cam Smith, which I mean, to linebacker out of South Carolina. I've been saying we needed linebacker help. We went and got David Long in the offseason. We got Jalen Ramsey. Like we've done a lot of great things in free agency, so I'm not upset about that. Uh, I do love the Devin McCain pickup, though. The Texas A&M running back, I will say, that's lightning in a bottle speed. Just add to it, babe. We are a four-by-one track team. That's all that matters. You really are, though, because I was actually talking to one of my students today, and he's a Dolphin fan, and he said, "There, you're starting receivers and running backs. The slowest is a 4-3-5. It is. That's insanity. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, that is our energy. thing. Maybe yeah, most of them that might be a little slower because they're just getting older. But like four three for is like the average, right? Uh, no, and obviously we're gonna be uh, covering the NFL a lot in the summer. Talk about who's all gonna be where, but we had to talk about some of those young guns coming up, and they're gonna absolutely crush it. It was so fun to watch the draft in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Shank, we're gonna move on to our next segment, and that is everything playoffs because we missed the whole first round and majority of the second but we're just going to recap every round here and there talk more about the second round matchups and then we'll be cooking all right all right let's get to the nba playoffs and we are going to talk about them nba playoffs you know we have a lot to catch up on it's been pretty crazy a little bit unpredictable here and there yet again feeling like the better teams are actually still alive, still getting towards the end of it. Um, pretty insane. I'm actually just like, like I'm in the middle of watching a live feed right now. We got it actually going on as we're talking about it, bringing it to you guys. I, I'm sweating. I don't know if you guys can tell. There's a little bit under the hat right there. I am sweating when it comes to the NBA playoffs. I'm loving every second of it, but like, it's intense, baby, but let's talk about it. Where do you want to start, Mickey? Mr. Zizzy, this NBA playoffs has been nothing short of anxiety producing. Now, you already know I got to start up with my C's. And, you know, I wanted to come in and rock the festive Friday shirt. Shout out Mark Winder. He was a Bob Black friend of Cornell College award winner this year at the Rams. Had to shout him out. You know, he could have been person of the year. But you know what, Yank? I was down. I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm happy we weren't recording. But dang gummit. C's in no. seven. C's no. in seven. Hold up. No. C's in seven. Humbly, I'm that dude. Humbly, I am one of the best players in the NBA. Let's go. C's up. Let's go. C's in seven. Let's rock the hat. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all the way back. We are back in the garden. It's going to be blooming. It's going to be booming. Let's go. C's, all the momentum, all the energy is back. C's up. You know, I, I'm all for that. I can't even like it. Can't even be mad about that. Gotta love it. Absolutely. C's in seven. I mean, I'm not sure. I love. I kind of still want to throw up the debate, you know, like the Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. That's the guy. But how can I be mad? I mean, humbly, humbly, humbly. Um, I'm super excited. I've been debating playoffs all this time, but let's knock it back a little bit. Let's let's dial back back to that first round real quick. Cavs, Knicks, Yank. Knicks just showed up. 
The Cavs weren't ready for the moment. The Knicks were. They are the better team, right? Agreed? I mean, yeah. They just won the ball games. I don't think the Cavs were really ready for it. And I, I mean, I would agree with some of the other people's takes um, as well. Like, if the Knicks had lost to the Cavs when they had a chance to go get Donovan Mitchell in free agency, that would have just that would have been a even worse thing for the New York Knicks fans. So, um, I, it is very fortunate that they were able to close that out. Hey, and Jaylen, convincingly, nice. convincingly. Oh yeah, convincingly. Now let's stay in the East. Philly sweep. We called that. We said sweep. Like Nets are rebuilding. Easy money. They have the MVP, which shout out Joel Embiid. He is, without a doubt, in my opinion, the MVP this yeah. year. Um, but then let's talk about your Heat. We're staying in the East here. Dang, upset. And I'm sorry. I'm kind of on the train. Himmy Butler. Ooh, it's so nice. He is him. He is him. That's all I'm saying. He is that guy, man. He is crazy. Um, MJ reincarnated. I mean, 4-1. They gentlemen sweeped the number one seed, the projective team coming out of the East. Like, thank you. Like, that was incredible. I mean, I was, I really wasn't really rooting. I kind of like when the Heat lose because then you get fired up. I mean, but at the same time, we want to see each other in the ECF again, which we'll talk about. Um, but NLB, all like Jimmy Butler took over. Three hit here. Gabe <laughs> yeah. Vincent. Let's go. Uh-oh, four-point lead, ladies and gentlemen. Just say it. Just say it, guys. I, and, and to let everybody fill in, you know, like, obviously, round one, insane. Um, do some, did some of us believe that it could be done? Of course, because we're, we're, we're heat fans. That's what we do. We, we upset things. We're gritty. We win when people know when people. Miami hustlers are back. Miami hustlers. But um, now, obviously, Giannis getting hurt game one definitely helps. But there is no denying Jimmy Butler in these playoffs, at least not yet. There hasn't been an answer for him. It's been absolutely electric watching these games. Um, I love it. But to do it, yeah, like you said, a gentleman sweep, like regardless if there was a little bit of a setback from injuries on their end, I mean, people didn't even think that we were remotely a threat. Like we, people forget we lost our first play-in game. Like we, <laughs> we almost didn't make playoffs with the play-in. And then we come in and we upset the number one, not the number one seed, but the number one overall seed in the entire NBA, like the number one record in the NBA. So that's huge for us. Jimmy Butler is that guy, absolutely unstoppable in the playoffs. Um, just hoping it can continue. And I've, and now here we are in the second round of three, two, Live feeding the game right now, up four with nine minutes left. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure. It's like a pressure cooker in this thing. And guy, if Jalen Brunson touches the ball one more time, I swear I'm gonna lose it. As he steps back. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, and that the Scott also Scott Foster. I hate him. I don't like him. I hate Scott. him so much. We haven't won. We are 0 and 10 in our last 10 games that he has refed because he hates us. He hates us. So I'm just I'm just gonna say it. All right. We're gonna still win this game though. And we're gonna advance to the Eastern Conference Finals and hopefully play the Celtics. That would be three times in four seasons. And the Lord knows we wanna see the rematch. It's one one. It's a one one series. All right, all right, but, but let's That's talk about them C's. Let's talk about them C's. Uh, four two. I was a little bit nervous there. I knew there would be a Trey Young game, which Trey Young did go off one of them. Trey Young is the, the the guy. Like, I mean, he, he does slip up a little bit. He still is young. Um, Trey Young, no pun intended. But there's just the Hawks, and it's they have a lot more to work on. Some more dudes will get John uh, Collins. I really don't believe in Clint Capella is nice, um, but he's not going to be or Joel and be the Jokic, the guy who's going to be the Robin to the Batman of Trey Young. And then you get and you kind of already talked about it this uh, series now in the second round. So I'll go to the second round with the uh, Celtics and Sixers. Yank. You talk about sweating. You talk about a pressure cooker. James Harden puts up 45 looking back like he's in Houston. Like, absolutely bonkers the guy went off. And that's what the Sixers have to do to win, right? And then we have a good game, and then they have a good game. And then we're up 2-1, and then now we're down 2-3. And last night, I was even at the track meet watching. I'm sweating. They come back tied up. They take the lead. I'm like, I got a coach. I'm freaking out, right? And then we were go you, win by 10. My only question is, were you asking, like, were you telling Jason Taylor to not shoot anymore? But see, that's the thing. I, I was half in, half out in that first half. And I saw one for 10, like, at one point, like, zero for 10. I was like, oh, my soul. But, hey, you got to believe in it. 
and he turned it around, right? He shot himself out of it, and he's the guy that we need, right? It was when they hit the buzzer beater, when James Harden hit the buzzer beater in game four of this series, right? Tatum had the push-off, illegal push-off, by the way. Shoots it, makes it like the dude can score the basketball and shoot the three, and the step back is nasty. Guy in face, it don't matter. It's green like the jersey, right? So that alone, like he can do it. Now the help, Marcus Smart. Yes, sir. DPOY last year for a reason. Um, he had a great game. And then also JB has been in. I know there's some contention about Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum, but I still take JT. JB is great. It's all, it might be 1A, 1B. All right. I'll accept that. But the C's are back in the garden. Uh, I'm My phone might be off. Actually, it's not. I'm going to be texting y'all throughout the entire thing. It's on <laughs> Sunday. Um, I'll be watching it. C's up. But uh, this series has been absolutely crazy. We were here last year, Yank, to the Bucks. We were down 3-2. We went and won at their, or won at their place. Or no, we had a win in Milwaukee. We went and won in Milwaukee. So we're down 3-2. We come back. History tends to repeat itself, Mr. Yankovic. And we're here. Um, let's move to the West. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope so. Like I said, for the rematch, I hope it comes true um, at the same time. I don't know. Sixers do have the MVP, and you just never know with somebody like that. They could show up and any given day. It's game seven is going to be big. That's Sunday night, right? Sunday? Yes, it is. Yeah, so that, that's, I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be very exciting. I still believe that it should be Jalen Brown 1A, but I'm just going to leave that there. Well, I mean, well, well, Jalen Brown ain't starting a game one for 15 shooting. I'm sorry. You're right. Come on. In an elimination game, Mickey, you can't do it. Well, he ended with 21. He's all right. Hey, hey, oh, I will say, though, for him to make one and just be like, all right, I'm good, and then make the other four or whatever after that. That's you just cool. need one bucket to go in, and then boom, you're there. Like, you just need that confidence booster. Um, Let's head on over to the West. Uh, like I said, this playoffs has been absolutely awesome. Every game, every series, we're seeing so many highlights. Like, I'm getting off my feet. I remember during the Heat game where Jimmy went off for that many, I legit was going to go to bed. I'm like, I have to win. I will say, well, that 56-point game, aside from LeBron's 2012 game six against Boston yeah, and D-Wade's game five in the 06 finals, I, I think that – those are the best three performances of all time. And Jimmy's might be number one. Jimmy's might be number one. I guess the number one's the, ah, and I'll be all, but uh, let's get to it. We had some actually pretty intense matchups, um, but we'll start with the ones that weren't so much. Denver gentlemen sweeps Minnesota. Minnesota is still kind of building it, but Anthony Edwards is going to be scary. He's going to be an all teamer. He's going to be an all-star. Cat's still good. Um, but for one, the Nuggets are proving right now that they are the team to be in the West. People are sleeping on them. We even said it on the show, we're like, they're just a regular They ain't team. making it. They ain't making it through the second round. Exactly. And here we are eating our words. But, like, it's not a crazy take. You know what I'm saying? They haven't proved it. And now they're going out and proving it. They have a lot of storybook. They have a lot of newspaper clippings they can put on the board and say, hey, people don't believe us. They said it on the Mickey Zizzy podcast, and they're proving us wrong. But it is what it is. Uh, gentlemen, sweep there. Um, and then also, gentlemen sweep the Phoenix Suns versus the Clippers. We all thought this was a NBA, Western Conference final matchup down here, uh, the 4-5 matchup. But gentlemen sweep there. The Suns were looking kind of scary, but we'll talk about that in the second round as after we finish the first round. Yank, anything about the Suns and the Clips? Uh, Suns, Clippers, I mean, I really just – I would love to see the Clippers run it back. One more time, fully healthy. I, they are good. They I with Russell Westbrook, with Russell Westbrook. I say they have to keep it. I mean, it, the way he played in the playoffs, the way they gave him energy, the way that they gave the Suns the fits without two, they're both their star players. I mean, people aren't giving them credit. The Clippers are real, man. They are a great team. They really are put together very well. They play together well. The addition of Russ actually helped them get better, and uh, unlike it was for him in L.A. with with the Lakers, um, I, I really love the move. I do, and I think that they should try it for one more season before they blow this thing up. Because if it doesn't happen again, I mean, there, what more can we say about it? The more you can say about it is Kawhi Leonard hasn't played ever since he joined the squad. I pretty he sat out more but than when he does. Played. I mean, when they it play, don't matter when he, about when he does. I know. I'm just losing. saying. No, I'm just saying though. Them. But you even no even this playoff series against the Suns when he played, they were they didn't have an answer. He's a one game wonder now. He is. I'm sorry, washed up, injury prone. I'm writing off Kawhi Leonard. He was he's great. injury prone. Yeah, he's injury prone. 
He was great. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. He's the claw, but his time is done. Clippers, you still can get trade value for him. If the Clippers GM is listening right now, trade Kawhi Leonard, go get a high draft pick, go get another dude, let Russell and Paul George run it, right? You, It's rebuild time. Bob the Builder, let's go. And that's my opinion about the Clips. I just, I, I know how good he is when he plays. I know that. When's the last time you saw it? Game one, congratulations. One game out of the playoffs. I understand that, but it was, I didn't. None of us expected them to win the series without Paul George anyway. Neither would I. But I mean, they proved they proved me wrong with how well they competed, regardless of having a full roster. It is what it is, but you're wrong. And let the I just can't wait. It's gonna be atomic bomb. Of, I thought you would have some love and sympathy for a man with knee injuries. Hey, I understand. Sometimes you gotta know when to fold them. I didn't listen. <laughs> I kept on going. I get it, right? If people, if I was on a team, I'd be shipped around to every team in the league. My wardrobe would look like a rainbow. Call it Shaquille O'Neal with all the teams I'd be repping. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it is what it is. I mean, that's just my uh, honest opinion about it. But let's move on to the next matchup. Memphis versus the Lakers. Yank. Why? The man solely got himself out of a job. Dylan Brooks been playing for the Shanghai Sharks is what I've been hearing through the news reports. Oh, he's not, not going to play for the Shanghai Sharks. But Yank, the crazy part about this is he really said, get dropped 40. And guess how much did they lose by in that game six? 40. Like, 40. I hope he earned his respect. Like, why in the world would you poke LeBron James when you're not up like 3-1 or 3-0, right? What, were they up 1-0 or something like that? It's like, yeah, no respect, this and that. Well, no, it was the Laker, the Lakers won game one. And then the Grizzlies came out and won game two and tied the that's series, right. and that's when he said it. Yeah. Like, dude, you're tied. Like, you really just gave this man all the motivation in the world. Like, crazy. I mean, I mean, he gave him 40 twice. He gave him a 20-20 game, and then they beat him by 40. Like, come on, bro. And the crazy, also crazy thing about that is he didn't show up to the media after that. Like, if you're going to talk that talk, you better back it up. Like, hey, you know what? I poked the bear. I, I really messed up. Right, you got to own up to it. And he's leaving for the media can even get there. Like, I think that was a big another reason why they wanted to get rid of him. Like, dude, you're not following any of our rules. Like, I understand, but like, if you create the fire, you better come put it out. Like, and he did not rise to the occasion. Um, the Grizzlies are a little rocky. They are young. They do have the dudes to be a good NBA basketball team. I mean, they were the two seed, but they got faced with the Lakers, who are, I mean, a championship esque team. It's scary sometimes when they play, right? So, I mean, I think the better team won. And it doesn't help when you give all that. And I guess Jimmy Butler hit the big shot here. Yes? Oh, layup. Gotcha. I'm I'm a little bit behind you. <laughs> uh, anyone else about the Grizz and the Lakers? Uh, I mean, I just, I mean, you can't deny that they have talent. They're young. They're athletic. John Morant, I mean, he played fantastic in the series, in my opinion. Um, he just... They poke the bear. The Lakers are one of those, like you said, championship S teams. And for me, it's because of their defensive ability. Um, but I mean, it's just why, like you said, why poke the bear? Why poke the all-time great scorer? Why poke? Why poke LeBron? James? Yeah, like, LeBron. Now Rushmore, exactly. And that's been the thing that a lot of teams have been ta- saying about the Grizzlies. It's like they love to talk when they're up. Or when they start winning, or and it's like people don't respect that. So when you go, if you don't talk when you're down, and then you start yapping, like okay, now we're coming for your neck. Like, like like people, people hold it out, hold out for you when you do stuff like that. And we'll talk like Kevin Durant later about some of the things he said, which I did. You know, we talked about interviews all this episode, um, what he said, and like the respect you know he shows. But let's talk about that last first round matchup: Warriors Kings. Game seven, light the beam. I mean, this was everything electric. Two teams just going at an offensive performance after offensive performance. And that's a big rebound by the Heat. Um, <laughs> seven game series. Uh, it, it was awesome. The Warriors, the better team won in all grand schemes of things. But the Kings this year showed like, hey, we're back. And we're going to be back. And I think they came with De'Aaron Fox. I do think you could get rid of Sabonis. I think he was kind of a liability down the stretch. But if you could get a decent center... You know what I'm saying? Go get DeAndre Ayton because I know I think the Suns will ship him. Like, yeah. that'll be great. Just get rebounds and Ooh. kick it out to those dudes. I know people don't like him. I still have hope in DeAndre Ayton, but it was an amazing series. Like, end all be all. It was a game seven. Like, when you look at it on paper, it was just as good. 
I mean, it's an absolutely lights out, fantastic series. I mean, defending champs are the defending champs are seven seed, and that's just or or whatever they are six seed, yeah, six seed, and they're out there. I don't know seven, yeah. If anyone's watching, Zizzy is yeah. locked into the. Heat. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm. I'm locked into this game at the same time while I'm trying trying to do all this so it's like oh man i'm, I'm feeling the pressure but i love yes, it that, that's no. live results. Uh, King, kings versus warriors i mean warriors are a six seed that is coming in as a defending champion i mean you have to respect them they play great at home regardless i mean their record was fantastic at home all season i want to say it was like 30 and 9 or something like that um obviously their issues were away on the road it's for me. I mean, it came down to the inexperience at the end. I mean, you kind of just saw the Kings run out of gas at the end of that game seven. But at the same time, I mean, you're right. They're they're here. They're young. They're extremely talent, talented. De'Aaron Fox is a bona fide superstar after what he did in that series. I mean, you can't can't knock what he's able to do. I disagree with your take on Sabonis. I think they have to stay with him. I think he's the heart and soul of their team. I think he kind of pushes the agenda the same way that Draymond Green does for the Warriors. It's just the fact that the Warriors have been there, done that. They have the greatest three-point shooter of all time. They have, I mean, they have championship pedigree coaching. Steve Kerr had never lost a Western Conference playoff series like like with this team. It's still he still hasn't yet, yet to this date. So ah, that, you better hold that comment. That's, a, that's what I said. He still has you still have yet at so, this I mean, minute on this date. <laughs> yeah, at this date. So um well. I don't know, man. It's it's tough to say, but props to the Kings. I expected it from the Warriors. Now, let's stay in that Western Conference final, uh, the second round. Um, we're going to come back to the Warriors, but the Nuggets beat the Suns in six. Um, kind of crazy. The Nuggets came to play. They are scary good. They have great defense. Devin Booker, though, is the dude. Like KD is in such a good spot. If they move some pieces and have a good free uh, off season, or they just have an actual year to play together, they're going to be the number one seed next year. Like if KD's got maybe three more good years, like actual Kevin Durant, you know what I'm saying? Like the next three to four years, they can be great. He shouldn't leave ship. Devin Booker is going to be your amazing Robin, right? Best two players. Yes, CP3 was hurt. You could blame it on that again, but he gets hurt every playoff series, just like when they were in the NBA Finals in 2019. 2021? No, I think it was 2021. Um, in 2021. So, I mean, end all be all, I think Jokic uh, has an agenda as well. The Nuggets are pretty scary. Um and yeah, I think they're just solid. They are a well put together machine, and it's firing on all cylinders. Because the Suns brought it, so I mean, kudos to the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean the Nuggets. I think what it came down to for me is that uh, Nikola Jokic is just absolutely just dominant <laughs> in the paint. I mean, I'm sorry, and like it's not the thing. It's the thing where you're like saying go get DeAndre. I just watched. Jokic absolutely body him down low and completely set him, piece him apart, dissect him, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he came out with some fire this past game. Obviously, it didn't matter because they ended up being down 30 at halftime. But to me, like to, like with the Kings, Sabonis, the heart and soul, DeAndre Ayton just got manhandled in this series. And because of that, Jokic ran free. Jamal Murray has been returning to playoff form. I mean, they're coming. Their supporting cast is big. They're strong. I mean, they're 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 a very well put together team. They're number one seed for a reason. Um, at at the end of the day, it just came down to just too much two man game, and that's all that the Suns could really give them, especially once Chris Paul went down with injury. I mean, you've been seeing a lot of this here. It's like another dude, like that third dude showing up. You know, the Sixers have Maxi, Celtics have Smart. I mean, you're he. I mean, they have Jimmy Butler, and like it just filters. It's true. Well, we got seven undrafted players. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, those dudes just cycle. You know what I'm saying? So they yeah. still have that third to second dude that's always uh, firing off. But the the Suns don't have that. CP3 isn't a score like he used to. And like, can you win it with a two man game? We've talked about it a lot. Do you have to have a super? I mean, yeah. Game? When you're averaging 70, 80 points between two people, like they do, obviously you can win some. But you can do that with the Lakers because like, those dudes are going to go play defense. Yeah. Championship, yeah, championship basketball is not gonna win just two people, two on five. I'm sorry. 
Now let's move on down to a good defensive side. So last series we're talking about about the NBA playoffs, and then we'll be all the way caught back up. Bless up, Mickey Zizzy podcast is back. Uh, the Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers can close out the champs tonight in LA. Um, DS defense has been great, but at the same time, the Lakers have been bailed out by that third guy. Right? It's LeBron and AD's team. And then just like in the Memphis series, Austin Reeves pops off. Rui Hachimura pops off. Huh? Like, okay, let these guys go. D'Angelo Russell pops off. So kind of like the Heat, they're filtering that dude who's going to pop off. Who's going to be the third guy to solidify the W? That's what they need to do tonight, right? Who's going to pop off? Is Austin Reeves going to be the dude and defend Steph Curry, right? Is D'Lo going to be all of them? Is uh, Vanderbilt going to be on, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson? It is game six, though. Let's talk about them Warriors. Game six, Clay, does he make an appearance, right? Does he go off? Steph Curry is still the one of the best players of all time, which, remember, who else blew a 3-1 lead, Yank? Oh, we know. We know. The Warriors. Who was up 3-1 in this? The Lakers. Can they flip the script and be on the other side of one of the biggest letdowns in NBA history? One of the most coldest photos ever. LeBron sitting there, and I'm a LeBron hater. Everyone knows that here on the podcast. It would be crazy, and whoever's writing the script for the NBA, like, flames behind you because it's fire. Uh, I'll be tuning into this game tonight. Uh, I'll be rooting for the Warriors, and I know they beat us last year. Like, they beat beat my C's in the finals, but it's going to be a good game. Uh, they have – Clay and Steph have to pop off, and I'll be off. The Lakers just play like they have been in this series. They win, so crazy, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be more than – because I think the Lakers are going to force. I mean, they saw they they were sitting at home when Steph Curry dropped fifty points in a game seven. Like they know what he will do in elimination games or big time games. They're going to force somebody else to beat them, in my opinion. Um, whether that is a game six play, whether that's Draymond showing up again and making three shot threes like he was doing last last game. Um, we'll see. We'll see what it is. I'm with you. I mean. AD's going to be playing and should be playing just as strongly as he's been playing this whole series. I mean, LeBron, we still haven't seen the signature LeBron game really um, this series. So we'll see if that comes to me. I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like they might close it out tonight at home. I, I know we were, t- and I'm just saying it just because you know how we're talking about the whole poke the bear thing with the Grizzlies, right? I don't know about if you've heard about this whole Jermichael green Instagram post. Uh-oh. But uh, you know how there's been this discussion of flopping between Steve. Oh, like Steve yeah, yeah. has been talking about flopping, and LeBron's coming out saying we don't teach flopping; we just attack and drive. That's our game. Yada yada yeah. Well, somebody, uh, somebody, Jamal Green, um, took the screenshot of LeBron like saying that with the caption of like what he said underneath him, and all he did is post it on Instagram with the cat emoji on top of them so that was posted earlier this morning i want to say so i don't know Um, we'll see we'll see if the bear has been poked one more time and you know it's funny lebron also posted on his instagram if uh i if you see me and a bear in a fight call help for the bear (laughs) (laughs) that's my that's awesome hey that's fine that's fine that's that's you know and i love i love the drama we're up five so yeah, I, I get make it. the free throw. Did he make it? Nope. Oh. Um. Uh, anyways, that is it. Uh, our projection. I mean, hopefully we have a Miami Boston ECF run it back the tiebreaker. That'll be. I'm not gonna lie. The Boston Celtics game on game on Sunday could go either way, man. I don't know. I have all the momentum, all the positivity in the world. Sees up. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm hoping that my, if Miami can close this out tonight, that'd be huge. I'm loving our chance up six with two minutes left. Bring it home, baby. Let's go. Yes, That's we all are I can hope for. And then in the late on the West, I, I think the Lakers are going to close it out tonight, and all and obviously the Nuggets. So let's ride. Well, like we've been saying, we're going to be back in action, uh, more consistent because consistency is key here on the season four of the Mickey's Disney podcast. We're going to keep on bringing those. Crazy hot takes, be introducing the fans. You already know all our great events will be back, and we're going to get even better and bigger. Uh, not like season three, but even better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, end all be all. It's been absolutely fun. We are back in action. 
lights, camera, let's get it. Uh, I'm going to let you finish off this game, though. Uh, I think that he probably got it from what I'm looking at, but you never can. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be happy here in a second. In but just a second, I'll meet you there. That's on all that time. matters. If you're talking sports, this is the matchup. Mickey Hewitt, Zizzy, yo, we cut it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is, the Mickey Zizzy podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Season four. Peace. Welcome back.